We are ready. Here we go. Three. Welcome back to Championship Week Video Notebook. It is day number 3,987. Now, what day is it, Sleeka? It's the We're middle 11. of the night. Day number 11, Championship Week Video Notebook here at Hoops HD. I'm your host, Chad Sherwood. We got David Griggs over there, John Sleeka. Bracketeer.org, we got Rocco Miller. Uh, he is uh, not at a game, or maybe he's at only three or four games instead of the normal He's at the uh, Tour de France. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the Tour de France. There you go. Bunker time. Uh, it's bunker time. No more No more arenas for a couple days. No more arenas. All right. Um, okay, okay. Rocco, <laughs> when you say bunker, uh, you're not, like, locked in to a bunker, are you? Like, you can come and go and leave the house and all of that. I, I try to stay in, but yes, I have the freedom to go grab food. Okay, see, I, I'm just trying to reinforce the fact <laughs> that I should not be in the puppet bunker. I'm sorry, Griggs, you are completely locked in. We will give you a shot at the end of the day tonight, tonight to, to get out again, as we've done in every one of these shows. But uh, on these video notebooks, we like to go over everything that happened in the conference tournaments. But start by some news and notes. And there was some news and notes starting with, uh, you know, coming out of Kansas here, where Bill Self was not coaching the Big 12 tournament, will not coach the Big 12 tournament after what I heard described as a, quote, vascular event, not a heart attack. But uh, he's been in the hospital. So we absolutely want to give our best wishes to him and his family and hope he gets back on the court uh, for the NCAA tournament. Um, Norm Roberts. Uh, serving as interim coach for the Big 12 tournament, at least. Um, in addition, a uh, couple other pieces of coaching news. Uh, Patrick Ewing out of Georgetown. Mark Fox out of Cal. Don't think either one is much of a surprise to anybody, though. Um, out or paroled? Paroled in the case of Mark Fox. Yeah. Paroled. From Cal, yes. Uh, paroled from Okay, okay, okay. I get it. Um... And uh, we have a a little bit of news from Hoops HD. We have two award winners to announce. You want to announce them? Uh, We are proud to announce that the Centenary Award is going to be the uh, Long Island University Sharks. And the uh, Stallings Award, which was slightly contentious, will be the Louisville Cardinals. Centenary Award for the worst team in D1 out of overall Stallings' worst power conference team. Uh Tough battle between them and Cal. Louisville, congratulations. You do win. Uh, just, you know, that. wow, how the program has fallen. Uh, but let's uh, let's jump over, if I can find the screen share button, to what actually happened on the court. And uh, let's start uh, – well, that's the first conference up here, so let's start with the ACC. Rocco, it was quarterfinal round day in the ACC, and it started with a – with that Miami Wake Forest game, which uh, Miami really had to hang on to late be- uh, after Wake Forest was draining threes at the end of the game like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wake Wake can really stroke the ball. I mean, they're a top 43-point shooting team all year, t- a top 25 uh, effective field goal team. Um, but, you know, Wake couldn't defend all year, and that's why they're not going to the NCAA tournament. Um and they also lost Damari Monsanto a couple of weeks ago. Uh, good effort by the Deeks to go with the defensive game plan. Um, they just played a couple of weeks ago where the game almost it was 96-87 in regulation. So um, a few more a few more stops happened this afternoon. And uh, Miami's obviously a quality quality team, and um, it was just a little too much for the Deeks. Yeah, and they get Duke tomorrow. Duke Duke really rolled over Pittsburgh. Uh, some people think Pittsburgh's on the bubble. I don't. I think the I think the Panthers will find themselves in 
Maybe yeah, not. Maybe with a double-digit seed, but in the field. Um, yeah. Well, I, I had been saying all along that, that, that Pitt was better than Duke, and I think they proved it in the last six and a half minutes of this game. Uh, the other two games, Virginia beats North Carolina, Clemson beats NC State. Um, Sleeker, that might be the end for – that probably is the end for North Carolina, and uh, NC State might be sweating on uh, Selection Sunday. We'll probably be sweating, sweating slightly when we get to our uh, Hoops HD selection committee a little bit later on. Well, I don't Clemson? think they care. I don't think they care what the Hoops HD selection committee does. Yeah. I think they care what the real selection committee does. <laughs> but more importantly, as far as the Clemson Tigers go, they've taken one step towards getting to the right side of the bubble. But there is, there's going to be a much bigger step when they take on Virginia later tonight. So, yeah, 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 you got the Clemson profile up here. I, I want to ask, what do you make of this? A lot of people say they're not in. I, I kind of like them more than a lot of teams that are in. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely not a lot, up, but a few. Yeah. Yeah, they picked up some wins that are impactful and, you know, they've been up and down all year. They also have a cluster of, of really bad losses. And uh, I think the the easy tiebreaker here without getting too far in the weeds, because you can go really deep in the weeds, is that that really ugly uh, 335 non-conference schedule history tells us. It's a lot like Wake Forest last year, even though Wake had a great year and uh, finished near the top of the league. Um, you know, that was something that hung, hung over the head all year. And I think if Clemson even gets close to the discussion, I think that's just going to be something where the committee can't put them in. Right. Yeah, they they played. This this is kind of remarkable. They played both Louisville and Cal, uh, so like a major <laughs> impact lost, on the center. They, they lost and one they of lost, them, yeah, and they yeah, lost. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they lost uh, to two sixty nine Loyola Chicago, two thirty three South Carolina. I mean, that's that's three losses above two thirty three. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow's semifinals here, Miami Duke, Virginia Clemson, uh, Miami Duke game could be a really good one. And Clemson absolutely, I, I think, you know, if they want to make the argument, they better beat Virginia tomorrow. Um, yeah, honestly, they, they, they want to make it easy. They win both games here. They win, they take an auto bid, but, uh, uh Griggs, what, what about these two games tomorrow? Who do you see winning them? Um, I, I, I hate to say this because I, I have been, kind of beating them up all year, but uh, Joby was was right. I, I, I was really impressed with Duke today. Uh, I think they look like the best team in the tournament. I mean, granted, we've only seen one game, but of the four teams that are still left, if you ask me who do I think look the best since the tournament started, it's probably Duke. I, I think they win tomorrow, and I think the Hoos get by Clemson. Okay. Uh, it was also quarterfinal round day in the Big 12, and uh, I think we were expecting a great day of games, and, and maybe we didn't mm. quite get that. Uh, Rocco, probably the most interesting one was this Baylor-Iowa State game that where Iowa State just totally turned it on with about 10 minutes left and went from, I think, down eight to, to up eight in a heartbeat almost. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, you know, Baylor um, saved Iowa State's season. I, I mean, <laughs> Iowa State was getting in um, no matter what. I, I think we know they were a three seed at the bracket preview, but they hadn't won a game until they started playing Baylor. Now they get to uh, – they go to Waco <laughs> and win by 15, and now they beat Baylor again. Um, and three they won, times. And they beat them three times. Yeah, they did the, the 3X. So I think – um, that speaks volumes that, you know, it's obviously some of that's probably matchup based, but, uh, now it's like Iowa state, even though it's only two wins, uh, since the preview, they're both against a two seated Baylor probably. And, um, they might get a, a lot closer to where they were, you know, back on February 18th. Um, 
you know, I, I'm really curious to see how they do against Kansas because, you know, they've obviously looked much better in these two Baylor wins, but I don't know if it's the matchup thing or if they're just going to struggle against other teams. Yeah, right. Now we got Kansas, Iowa State sleeking in the late game. Uh, in the second semifinal tomorrow night, we're going to have Texas and TCU. Both teams uh, didn't have as that too much trouble uh, and leaving Oklahoma State probably sweating out selection Sunday as well. Probably slightly sweating compared to other teams that have fallen flat in their face and haven't been able to win anything during championship week right here. Then you look at teams like uh, TCU and Iowa State, not too late to potentially get a fifth uh, protected seed in for the Big 12 should either of them advance to the title game. Yeah, Rock, what are your thoughts on this Oklahoma State profile now? I- I'm kind of leaning towards in, but I'm not hearing as much love for that as as I thought I would. It's really close. I think there's um, quite a bit to, you know, to appreciate. And I think the committee is pretty um, impressed by the Big 12 as as a whole. And so even though they lost a plethora of quad 1A games, they didn't really lose too much outside of that. I I mean, they only won one game in there, though, Iowa State road win. And then you look at the rest of their wins against the field. It's West Virginia, Iowa State, TCU all at home. And then that's it. They have four wins against the field out of, several opportunities like if you win 25 percent of your opportunities that's the argument plus they added some um out of bounds losses with this home siu loss uh neutral virginia tech is not aging well and neutral ucf is not a tournament team either so now you've got three non-tournament losses and and they didn't i mean iowa state's playing better that helps but they didn't get one of the really big dogs like one of the kansas schools or baylor or texas or kansas they got swept by all of them and I think that's why it's really difficult. Um, I, I could, I could, you, I could live with them getting selected. I could also understand why they would not be selected. They're very much on the border, in my opinion. Out of follow up on what Rocco said, historical precedent says you have to be four games above 500 to get an at large. With the Big 12 being what it is this year, I could see the case, case being made for a team only being three games above 500 overall. Right. Uh, Griggs, uh, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas, TCU. You want to give us a prediction here? Um, uh, the, I, I'll take the second part first, Chad, and go with Texas. The other game, it, it's kind of hard to say. I, I don't know what to make of Iowa State. The two split during the year. Uh, there were times where you felt like Iowa State was really going to show up and play at a high level, and they didn't. And there were others, especially when they went through that stretch of losing eight out of 11, to where they just didn't even look that good. I mean, I don't want to go so far to say that they didn't look like a tournament team, but they sure as hell didn't look like a protected seed. But then they would, you know, then they go and they beat Baylor in back-to-back games, neither one of them at home. One was road, one was neutral. Uh, That's probably better than anything Texas has done in a singular game. You know, Texas didn't win at Baylor, I don't think so. I, I might actually go with the Cyclones here. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm making a note to myself that if I want to get to bed tonight, not to ask you for another prediction on this show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, let's move on. And then on. going back to the <laughs> opening round game, how about that Bedlam game in the opening? Let's move on here. And, uh, and Sleeka, it was quarterfinal round day in the Big East Conference where um, – we had some pretty good games, uh, especially this Marquette St. John's game and your Xavier DePaul game. Yeah, it was the two top teams that ended up having the uh, toughest struggles right here. In fact, I think both Marquette and Xavier trailed by double digits at halftime before making the second half comeback, or in the case of Marquette, needing overtime just to get by the Johnnies. Not a complete surprise when you look at how the regular season fared. 
Connecticut looked like they were just going to do a complete ass kicking for Providence and then just did a complete 180 at about the eight minute mark in the second half where a 26 point lead suddenly whittled down to five points. But at that point, Providence ran out of gas in the Lincoln Tunnel and UConn survives to move on. Yeah, it was kind of a, almost a mirror image of the uh, in the afternoon. We had a, a close game and, and with the underdog with a real shot to win it. St. John's, in fact, missed a buzzer beater at the end of overtime. And then the Xavier DePaul game, DePaul really had a chance to win it. And in the late in the second game in both the afternoon and the evening sessions, it was a big lead uh, that almost fell apart. Uh, but uh, but both UConn and Creighton did, did hold on. Uh, Rocco, that sets up Marquette, UConn, and Xavier Creighton tomorrow in the semifinals. Thoughts on these games? Yeah, very very good games. Um, you know, I think Marquette, Connecticut, just to start off, is fascinating because Marquette, you know, ran away with the uh, with the league title two games clear uh, in the regular season. Connecticut obviously had a tale of maybe three seasons. You could you could you could claim yeah. with their with their amazing start, and then they hit a total wall for about a month that cost them any chance of winning the Big East regular season. And now here in the last uh, three four weeks, they're starting to look a lot more like their old self. So, um, will I? It will tell us a lot about where UConn's at. I think, and um, you know, if Marquette wins that, I'm going to be really impressed, especially in the Garden where it's going to be big time Yukon advantage from a crowd standpoint. Okay. Um, yeah, let's then, go. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, just a quick thought on Xavier Creighton. Yeah. Uh, you know, Xavier was really leaking some oil here uh, lately. I loved how Creighton played tonight. If it carries over, I think Creighton gets that win just from the momentum factor. Yeah. And Z- Xavier being shorthanded also, uh, you exactly. know, I, I don't see, I don't yeah. see how they can do two wins in two days. Sorry, Salika. Uh, but uh, they got by DePaul, though. I mean, they never beat DePaul. I don't think they have a winning record against DePaul <laughs> since this conference took this format. It's just that's anomaly. <laughs> uh, Griggs, it was also quarterfinal yes, day in was. the Mountain West, and I'll give you your five minutes on uh, the oh, San, Jose San Jose Colorado State. State game, or did you want to go to a different game? Go ahead. Well, well, Do the Sa- San Jose State in Tim Miles, they're just eight wins away from winning the national title. I mean, you're so close, you can just smell it. And they took that first step today. Uh, you know, the refs tried to take it from them. I, I think the baskets were tampered with at some one point when when San Jose State went on a, a scoring. Okay, well, let, let's let's talk really about what happened here. It was a it was an overtime win by San Jose State, their first ever Mountain West Conference tournament win since they've been in the conference, which is <laughs> almost crazy to think about that. Um, uh, See, most of those were opening round games too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and 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 we also saw San Diego State really struggle with Colorado State to find a way, and, and that was kind of the story with other than with Nevada, Rocco, you know, Boise State over needed overtime to beat Vegas after Vegas tied it up on on a, uh, I think it was Noel for for UNLV who hit the the game tying three at the end there of regulation, and then uh, Utah State does get bad New Mexico. So other than Nevada, the bubble teams got wins today. Yeah, correct. And if you're the league, you know, you're, I guess, good with that. I mean, the the, the New Mexico-Utah State game had to have somebody go down, and you'd rather have, probably have Utah State win it. Um, I, I thought New Mexico had an interesting case if they could just get a couple wins um, with the Jalen House stuff. And they didn't play that great last week, even with him. Losing to Colorado State in the finale was bad for them. And it's just uh, kind of wild. It just seemed like they had such a magical year going, the last team undefeated in the country, and now going to go to the NIT. Um, 
but otherwise the San Jose state thing is just unbelievable. Um, you know, we've been loving these guys since Tim miles came on campus and, um, you know, who's to say they can't hang with the Aztecs tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Omari Moore was amazing today. He's just an Uh, amazing player for, for, for the Spartans and, and, and phenomenal. I'm going to call right now, I, I, and I hate to do it because we've got Griggs on and his love affair with Tim Miles. I think they're going to knock down, knock out the Aztecs tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> give, pay, paving the way for my my pick here, this tournament was for Utah State to win this automatic bid yeah, and, and like kind of make bit. things easy for everybody who looks at this Utah State profile and says, the metrics love them, but where's the meat on the profile? It's, it's a real question, real weird profile to look at. Yeah, and it reminds me a little bit of uh, a few years ago, 2020, when we didn't even get the NCAA, but they played it early because of the Con Expo GG uh, (laughs) event. And um, Utah State went in there as a bubble team, and a lot of people didn't have them in, and they ended up just winning the whole thing. And I feel like this team is very similar just from an offensive, like, firepower uh, standpoint. Their, Their shooting numbers are off the charts. And which may mean Nevada is really sweating things out because if we we end up I with so. let's, let's say we've got oh, yeah. got San Diego State, Boise State, and Utah State in, I don't know if this conference gets four teams. Um, right? Yeah, and you would hate to think that it breaks down that way, but we don't have a Mountain West uh, representative on the committee, and I think um, beyond all that, uh, Nevada. You know, they, they were pretty safely in a couple weeks ago, but they they just lost to three straight non-tournament teams to end their uh, profile, and that's a really tough final impression to swallow. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Stalika, Pac-12, it was quarterfinal day as well, with UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, and Arizona State all picking up the wins. Uh, I know Arizona kind of struggled, but, but found a way to get by Stanford here. I don't know if you listened to Bill Walton during the telecast night, he would have you believe that uh, six teams from the Conference of Champions are going to end up in the NCAA tournament right here. That's Washington low for him. State, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Washington State was playing hot, but came up a little bit short against Oregon. So their Cinderella run is over. UCLA, don't be deceived by that final score. They were tooth and nail with uh, Colorado for a good chunk of the game before finally pulling away in the final four minutes. Arizona also had a similar struggle against Stanford before pulling away. And Arizona State was just hitting three-pointer after three-pointer, it seemed, and survived a late USC run. Yeah, and, and UCLA did not show me much without without Clark in the first game without him. I think we've got to see, got to see a lot more from them these next two games if they want to really make a claim for a one-seed in, in the NCAA tournament here, um, especially with the injury now. But uh, Griggs, what do you think about these two games tomorrow? UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State. Um, Oregon, I, I, I've always felt that they were a team that that had a high ceiling that they didn't really play up to. They're capable of beating UCLA tomorrow, especially with UCLA not being at full strength. I, I think it's going to be the Ducks, and and I I can't imagine this Arizona Arizona State game is going to be a lot of fun. Both games, not just the. Not just the second one, but both during the regular season were really good. Um, I, this one's kind of a toss-up, but I'm going Oregon-Arizona for the championship game. Oregon-Arizona, Rocco, Oregon-Arizona? No. <laughs> oh, man. UCLA-Arizona State. <laughs> I, I feel like UCLA is motivated to get that Oregon win uh, just because they're trying to adjust to life without Jalen Clark. I thought today they hit a crossroads about 10 minutes ago. They were still pretty close with Colorado and they hit another gear. It's going to help them a lot just to play these extra games before next week. So I think, I think Mick will coach them hard and they'll find a way to win. Um, 
And then who knows? Arizona, Arizona State, um, anything can happen when they play. But Arizona has the, you know, way more uh, big crowd advantage. They all file into Vegas this time, this time of the weekend. So I'll go with the top two teams. Let me stick with you because it was second round day in the Big Ten today and start off with my Scarlet Knights here. Uh, 62-50 win over Michigan. I know you are still kind of having them maybe maybe not quite in or, or barely into the field, even with this win today. And, uh, and, and, and I want to kind of, kind of, kind of get your thoughts on, on why maybe Rutgers is not in even with this win or may not be in with this win. Yeah. I think, I think from before, you know, Rutgers was sitting there, um, you know, and part of the, the case, you, the committee was probably going to be talking about them in depth and they probably still will be um, about the, the Meg injury and not that Meg was their best player or anything, but it really just appeared like a different Rutgers team. I think before today they were two and five coming into the big 10 tournament without him. And, um, you know, obviously the Minnesota loss and some other games where you just scratch your head, the home Nebraska loss. Um, and so now, but, 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 but Rocco, they also, without mag, they, 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 he went out of that Michigan state game that they won. They won at Wisconsin without him, a bubble team that probably isn't going to make it in. And they won at Penn, Penn state without him, a bubble team that is going to make it in in all likelihood. Uh, and, and, yeah. and that loss they have at Ohio state there, the committee absolutely has said they will factor in the fact that the Big Ten came out afterwards and said Rutgers should have won the game. Sure, and they'll factor it in, but they're also not going to pretend like they won it. Um, so they just take it with a grain of salt, right? But I think the four quad three losses stand out um, as well. It's it's really close. I think today might have uh, been enough to push them. I like I would push them above Nevada for sure right now. Um, I you know I think they're they're right there with like Oklahoma state and, and maybe even North Carolina state as teams that I think are really, really tough to make decisions on, but Rutgers plays like this again tomorrow, or even if they just have a good showing against Purdue, it might, it's probably going to be enough to convince me. Um, I also didn't like the fact uh, before today uh, that they were sitting there at, I, I think one or two games under 500. If you take away quad four, um, they also have a, a, a metric in the resume that was in the sixties. And that's, that's a, kind of a bad sign too but it's it's super close chad okay uh they got purdue tomorrow as you said um you know they've already beat purdue they won at purdue this year so who knows uh uh Salika. ohio state huge upset win yeah. over iowa and they march on uh trying to trying to have a little redemption here late in the season on to, on to michigan state after an upset win I like another game where ohio state got off to a sizable lead and they've had a recent history of some uh, decent performances in the Big Ten Conference Tournament right here. Still, they're going to be at a disadvantage going up against Michigan State later on today when the Buckeyes are going to be playing their third game in a 48-hour span. Yeah, and then we've got uh, Griggs. Uh, Penn State maybe have clinched themselves a bit today with a win over Illinois, third win of the season over Illinois. They got Northwestern tomorrow, and Maryland uh, wins a rare game away from home, and they've got Indiana tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I, I like the Hoosiers. I kind of I wanted another Illinois Northwestern matchup because uh, those those are always fun. But um, I, I I like the higher I like the better seeded team in both those games. Yeah, I I I would not be shocked if Rutgers gives Purdue a battle and, may, and maybe even pulls off this upset. I know I'm you know I'm a Rutgers guy, so maybe it's no, the it, home it wouldn't shock me either. Uh, yeah, I, I think Rutgers. I mean, they can play really well um, if they if they play. Again, if they play the way they played the second half of this Michigan game, when for the for the first time in since Meg went out, 
I saw the Rutgers team that we saw early in the season, the way they play defense, the way they just shut somebody, shut the team down. And Michigan, I think, with the last 10 minutes of the game with like three points the entire way, it was that was Rutgers defense. That's Rutgers basketball there. So, right. And then Ohio State, like you mentioned, moving on despite the fact that you eliminated them anyway. <laughs> Salika, it was a second round day in the SEC with Mississippi State sneaking by Florida. We also had Tennessee, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt built all winning. It was a big day for both uh, Arkansas and Mississippi State, especially the Bulldogs, who could potentially have been like right on the cut line had they lost to a shorthanded Florida team right here. I still think they're going to be somewhat safe. They can make themselves a lot safer with a win against uh, Alabama. Auburn, <laughs> I, they're getting a little bit closer, maybe last four buys kind of a profile right now. And Arkansas, another team that could potentially get up to around an eight or a nine seed should they beat Texas A&M. We'll hash this out on the committee. I'm not impressed with Auburn really at all. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, we've got, yeah, Auburn goes down. They did get the home win over Tennessee, though, to end the regular season, Rocco. Was that enough for them? Uh, yeah, for Mississippi yeah. State. Yeah, I, I, I know, for, for, yeah. I'm sorry, for Auburn. Oh yeah, for Auburn, absolutely. I th- I yeah, thought Auburn's yeah. win against Tennessee on the last day of the regular season was was enough. Um, yeah. Just because there's just so many spots below them, I and the draw was nice. You get to play Arkansas first game, no big deal. Um, played them close too. It's not like they laid an egg and lost by thirty. So th- I think they're good. Okay. Um, yeah. The other notable thing here, Mississippi State, that overtime needed overtime did get by Florida. I think it's a must. Was you know it would have been a Bad loss of the Mississippi State profile. Now they're, I think they're going to be on the good side of the bubble at the end of the day. But you know, obviously, like Sleeka said, you beat Alabama is a different story. Um, and Sleeka, what about these four games tomorrow? Yeah. Alabama, Mississippi State, Missouri, Tennessee, A and M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. I think for Tennessee, there's going to be some importance just because they're trying to win with a reconfigured ro- roster now that one of their starters is out for the rest of the year with the torn Achilles right here. Texas A&M is going to be kind of the reverse situation last year where they ended up making a deep run to the championship game and still didn't get rewarded by the selection committee. So if you're Vanderbilt, you're probably thinking we got to win the whole thing just to feel safe about getting in. Granted that they've played very well at the end of the year, but still that loss that LSU is going to look like a big anvil now. Yeah. Um, Rocco, how about Vanderbilt? Can, can, can they keep things going here? Perhaps. I mean, they're playing pretty well. I thought, you know, LSU was like that one team that knocked them off during their hot streak, which was really random because um, yeah. they beat a lot of other good teams. Uh, so maybe they have a matchup issue there, but they, they were able to solve it there at the end. It was a close game throughout. Um, you know, Kentucky's a team they just beat recently. And and the funny thing there is like for, for Kentucky, their nemesis during their hot streak was Vandy. So pretty curious to see how that goes. Obviously, the tournament's in Nashville, so you can't uh, totally rule out some magic here. But um, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's eventually going to be too many good teams to beat for Vandy's um, talent yeah. level. And, and they lost a, a a key player to injury. Now they've been yeah, playing Robinson, well without him, but yeah, yeah. Out, yeah. Uh, that could be a problem against Oscar Shibway because he's a yeah. They're big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Griggs, it was first round day in the American Conference Tournament, um, and um, yeah, um, we had um, we yeah, had three bad. 
We had three rather unintriguing games, and in the the truth of the matter is, on the Thursday of Championship Week, you try to watch everything, but sometimes you change the channel. Uh, the, these were three games minus maybe UCFSMU where you probably did, and I think what it does is set up uh, lopsided uh, results in the quarterfinals in favor of who they'll be playing. I, uh, the one exception to that, though, is Wichita State. I, I, I think that they kind of underperformed a little bit during the year. I think that they're capable of playing well, whereas Tulane, while they didn't go as high as we thought they would, uh, still sort of overachieved a little bit. So that might be a pretty good game. But the other ones, I I, I don't know. East Carolina, I, I'm just I, – I hope they enjoyed their hotel for another day. Yeah, yeah East Carolina had a big four-point play at the end of the first half to, to- – they kind of that they kind of catapulted into a second half run where they blew out South Florida, but I don't think they got any shot against Houston. Right. Uh, Cincinnati Temple, though, and Memphis UCF, Rocco could be both in pretty good games tomorrow. I think. Yeah, I know um, UCF and Memphis had some really good battles this year. Um, UCF's got a little bit of a scare against SMU, but they got it done. Taylor Hendricks is probably going straight to the NBA, so it'll be you know for their sake, it'd be good to see him make a run. I think they're. Um, they're really hoping I've been texting with them a little bit. They, they really want to win that game and get looked at by the NIT. So they'll be motivated at least for that level. Um, and I think Cincinnati temple and Tulane, Wichita, both really interesting games too. Uh, they both played a little bit better down the, or I think all four of those played a little better down the stretch. Maybe, maybe Tulane hit a little bit of a wall when they got beat by East Carolina, but, um, I like, I like the upside with, with the quarterfinal teams that are left. Yeah. Uh, Stalika, Atlantic 10, um, for all that we went through with the first two days of the tournament, uh, the top four seeds got all won today. (laughs) It's rare, it seems, in recent memory where the A-10 has been kind of chalky, at least as far as a quarterfinal round goes. BCU didn't really have any serious issues with uh, Davidson right here. St. Louis really didn't have any issues with uh, George Mason. But if you look at the nightcap slash twilight doubleheader, St. Joe's and LaSalle both put up uh, pretty good games, but I think they just had too much mileage compared to, let's say, Dayton, as well as a, a very raucous Fordham crowd for the nightcap. Yeah, that was a fun Fordham crowd. It's going to be real fun on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this conference, a little bit of an interesting format this year. They're going to give everybody Friday off simply as a bit of a break before the Saturday semifinals. So, uh, we'll actually take a look at this at those two semifinals a little bit more in depth tomorrow night before they take place. So, uh, uh, but I think that's going to be that could be a real fun Dayton Fordham game. Um, yeah. Rocco, Big West. Uh, I know you're a huge Big West fan. Quarterfinal day, and we end up we somehow ended up with chalk in this conference. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think technically in some parts of Nevada, uh, Fullerton was an underdog, but besides right. that. Um, you know, I think the, those two teams were really even a really good overtime win for the Titans. Uh, but yeah, I think we landed where I thought it would, would be for the semis. Um, we're going to have some awesome matchups. So Fullerton and Irvine, of course, both from Orange County, um, you know, Fullerton beat them last time by one point in Fullerton's gym, lost to them at Irvine. So this will be the rubber match. And then you look at the Santa Barbara versus R- Riverside game. <laughs> That's going to be awesome as well. Um, Riverside pounded them by 11, um, which for for UC Santa Barbara standards, they usually don't lose like that. Uh, So you know the Gauchos are going to be looking for revenge. And, in fact, they got swept. Riverside swept this this series because they got them by one point at uh, at Santa Barbara's house. So 
Um, lot, lot going on there, and and I think both games are just going to be really, really good games. Uh, yeah, and I, I got to give a quick shout out to Cal Poly though. They were in there with Santa Barbara today after yeah. they blew out Long Beach in the opening round. After they won one conference game all season, so <laughs> heck of a final, heck of a way to go out of the season at least. Okay, Please, go yeah. ahead. Uh, you had a shout out. I had a call out. Uh, Big West and ESPN Plus. Get your stream in order tomorrow. Good grief! It was like an LSD trip. Uh, yeah, it was, it was awful, especially yeah. with that overtime Fullerton Hawaii <laughs> yeah. game that, that I really was trying to watch and just couldn't do it. Um, how about Conference USA, where uh, Florida Atlantic did ex- oh, what exactly what they game. needed to do, which which is which is crush Western Kentucky to move on. Um, North Texas and UAB also dominated. I guess the only good game was that Middle Tennessee Charlotte game. Yeah, yesterday you said. Uh, to your credit, Chad, that you thought that that would be a decent game, but the other ones would be blowouts. Uh, your assessment after seeing uh, that that was the only decent game and the rest were blowouts. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It was a great game. It was a block shot by by middle of the final play of the game against Charlotte to, to, to clinch the win. It was it was a great finish there. Uh, These games uh, were not worthy of the curtain, I must say. Uh, I, Sleek, I do expect to think something a little bit better tomorrow in the semifinals. I, th- I think we could be in pair, pair for a pair of good, really good games here. We're probably projecting Florida Atlantic to be in the field right now. You don't want to leave any doubt against the matchup like a middle Tennessee where a loss by the Owls would give them two out of three against uh, the Blue Raiders right here. However, I do not see that happening. North Texas UAB should also be a very fascinating matchup to watch. Joe, we put middle Tennessee in our, or I'm sorry, Uh, Florida Atlantic in our field. uh, Griggs, again, uh, who we put in doesn't matter. It's who the real committee puts in. No, no, but they're watching. <laughs> they're, they're we will get to what our views. committee did here, oh, here in a minute. Um, it was also uh, the final two quarterfinals in the Metro Atlantic and, and Rocco. Uh, how about this? We have a 10 seed taking on an 11 seed in the Metro Atlantic semifinals. The second year in a row that an 11 seed has made it to the semifinals of this conference tournament. <laughs> Basically, Quinnipiac did it last year, uh, losing two. St. Peter's there, but St. Peter's was a two seed at the 10 that time. <laughs> Man, throw the throw the records out the window when you go to Atlantic City, Chad, because uh, these these teams just show up in, in unpredictable ways. You know, St. Peter's, um, you know, much much different team this year under under Bashir Mason, who we loved at, at Wagner. I thought that was a great hire, but they've really had their struggles throughout the year. They went 7-13 and 13 in uh, league play, and um, came out and pounded Fairfield and beat the two seed Ryder pretty convincingly as well. Um, you know, not the exact same formula as last year, but the Peacock Magic is already back. And then Marist uh, again. John Dunn's been a great X's and O's guy for a lot of years, um, and they just look like they didn't have the talent this year. Uh, come out and and knock the crap out of Quinnipiac today. That game wasn't even that close. Um, I, I'm I'm very impressed and surprised by by that result. Yeah, John Dunn had been the head coach at St. Peter's before he took the Marist job, but that's when she and Holloway came in there. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little uh, – now, now, <laughs> uh, now he gets St. Peter's. Uh, I, Niagara gets the other one there, and Griggs, how about Iona and Niagara tomorrow? I like Iona. I, I think Iona, uh, just like I said last year, uh, walks into the championship and into the NCAA. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mid-American Conference, Stalika, you are our MAC guy here, Woo-hoo. and uh, – we, we're, pretty much, wheel. We're, we're almost getting exactly what we wanted. Yes, it's Ohio instead of Ball State, but that was the 4-5 game, but uh, four blowouts say also, though. 
one mild surprise was seeing Ohio pulling off the uh, blowout against Ball State right here. The Cardinals had a, a much improved season. Unfortunately, it did not carry over into uh, the Cleveland tournament right here. Kent State, I still would have as my favorite to get revenge, beat Akron in the wagon wheel, and we'll see if Toledo is actually able to survive. And much like Furman, they'll be fighting for their first NCAA tournament appearance since 1980. Wow, yeah, no, I really, I, I was going to say how impressed I was with Toledo, but honestly, I was impressed with all four teams that won today. So, I, I mean, I, they, I don't know that you can look at any of these four games and say, wow, that team is going to be great tomorrow. I think, but we really can be in for a pair of really good games. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, and Griggs, it was, we had our second two quarterfinals in the MEAC today as Maryland Eastern Shore took care of Nor- Morgan State yeah. easily. Norfolk State, not much sweat with Coppin State, another conference with four blowouts at the end of the day in the quarterfinals. Right. I, and congratulations to Maryland Eastern Shore on the year that they've had and then winning a conference tournament game. I'm sure they, they've won conference tournament games sometime in the past, but it's been quite some time. So I don't think it goes any further. I think Howard gets it done tomorrow. Uh, but a really good season for Eastern Shore. Uh, and NC Central Norfolk State, uh, that that got to be, be the first really good game we get in this conference tournament here, Rocco. I, uh, that, that looks like a fairly even game to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, all these all these MEAC teams have been awesome all year compared to what we're used to. Um, the talent is up a- across the board, I think. Yeah, when you look at that matchup, you're going to see – um, NC Central and Norfolk, they always get after each other, uh, whether it's this year or previous years, because they were the top two for, for a number of years. Um, and I think they just played an overtime game back on February 27th. So <laughs> it, it's going to probably come down to the wire, even though it's in Norfolk. It was also two more quarterfinals in the SWAC today where Alabama A&M uh, in the late game uh, got by Southern and was up at least that much most of the game. Uh, Jackson State Prairie View was a heck of a game where Jackson State had a yeah. big, I'm sorry, Prairie View had a big lead early. Jackson State came storming back, forced overtime, and then Jackson State looked like they were about to clinch the game and had one of the most spectacular missed dunks that gave Prairie View <laughs> one last chance to try to tie her with the game at the end of the overtime there. Uh, but uh, Prairie View could not get it done. And we end up, Griggs, with Jackson State grappling in one. And Alabama A&M, Texas Southern in the other semifinal tomorrow. Yeah, um, kind of. We're not going to get to see the Bayou uh, final that we had been hoping for for a while. But I, no, nothing against anyone else. I, I just like this Grambling team. They're fun to watch. It's fun to watch how much they've improved in recent years. Uh, I, I think they win tomorrow and and win the whole thing and. When was the last time Grambling was in the NCAA tournament? That, that it's going to be great to see them in it if they can get it done. I don't think they've ever been in the NCAA tournament that I could remember. The, the, they, I know, the, I this this would be their first ever bid. They've never been before, so wow. that would be, be yeah. safe if they can get it. Uh, Texas Southern, the perennial power. That's uh, your I picture. You, I, warned you, I warned you all about you them. Did. Even though they were the eight seed. Well, they, I picked them before you did. I picked them in October to win. <laughs> Uh, Salika, we had quarterfinals in the WAC today with Sam Houston, Grand Canyon, Utah Valley, and in the best game of the day, Southern Utah uh, really got a battle from Utah Tech but was able to find a way to win it. We were hoping to see at least a one transitional team make a, a bit of a run. Utah Tech looked like they might be that team. Southern Utah ends up surviving, and they'll have a, a 
Beehive semifinal against uh, Utah Valley coming up later tonight. Yeah, and what about these semifinals, Rocco? Who, who do you like in them? Because I, I and, and and are we on track for that Sam Houston Utah Valley championship? Yeah, I would I would imagine so. Because I, I mean, these two teams are just a, a maybe a, a tier above. Um, I I like a lot what Southern Utah's done. Grand Canyon we know has some good players, but uh, man, Sam Houston, if you refresh their defense tonight. They're 13th in the nation in adjusted defense. They haven't given up more than 59 points in eight games. Um, they're just, they're just suffocating. They shut you shooters. down. Yeah. Oh my God. They're so good. I mean, I've talked to a few coaches about them over throughout the year and uh, I mean, it's, it's really, really tough um, to run offense against the Sam Houston D and they generate a lot of steals and turnovers to create separation, uh, you know, early on and throughout the game. So I really like Sam Houston, you know, Utah Valley had a little bit of a, a sweat early, but they really pulled away late in that game today. Um, they'll get after it with Southern Utah. I just, I just think UVU's got another gear with the combo of Woodbury and Harmon. That, that's a, such a great one-two punch. Uh, you gotta gotta watch out. It is a rivalry game. It is the Beehive. It is yeah. the Beehive. <laughs> um, yeah, Southern Utah has already been in the Beehive two straight nights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it for today's games, and that's it for tomorrow's games as well. As there, as as there'll be the same conferences back in action again tomorrow. Uh, other than the eight ten, who's going to have the day off? Um, so let's get to uh, our mock committee. Actually, began its had its first meeting today. And Salika, you know, you wrote it up on the on the website, but uh, tell us a little bit about what happened at the, in our Hoops HD mock committee. Well, we already mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that we had named our Stallings and Centenary Award winners, so they will be staying on the board for the remainder of the uh, selection process. Right here, now the first uh, four teams that we ended up voting in through our initial round of balloting were Florida Atlantic, West Virginia. Arkansas, Maryland, not the Musketeers. They were in on the first ballot. Yeah, I was highlighting the wrong teams. I apologize. And then on the uh, second round of voting, we added uh, Memphis, Auburn, Pittsburgh, and uh, USC. If you're looking for the teams in red, those are the four carryovers that will carry over the next time we discuss teams to add to the field. So that'll be Mississippi State, NC State, Providence, and Rutgers. Penn State is a point of procedure when we were voting they were ninth place out of a group of nine teams, so they get moved back to the under consideration board for the time being. All right, so there it is. We will we are going to start seeding tomorrow as well. We will keep everyone updated, and then we'll have write ups on the website and everything. Uh, but let's get to our survival board, Greg's tool that we do for the NCAA tournament selection committee. Yeah, uh, and again, this is how we know Florida Atlantic's getting. Or wait, have we have we locked them yet? No, we haven't. Yeah, we haven't. Oh, okay, so maybe they won't be getting in. I apologize, but this is a tool for the selection committee. Uh, they're convening in Indianapolis, and and you know, and they're eating pasta and eating all these catered meals, eating ice cream, watching a few games. But while we're doing all the work here, so they know what to do. And cutting into the day, there were 154 teams left on this board with chances to make the NCAA tournament. As a result of today's action, though. Down to 115. We are closing in on that 100 mark. Uh, yeah. It is really starting to fall apart, c- c- come down now. And if we look at here, we have teams categorized in various different ways. Teams in blue, if they're in all bold, bold in all caps, they have clinched an automatic bid. Whereas teams that are in regular type blue, they have their teams that would tell the committee are lock, which means that if the yeah. committee debates whether we should take Marquette, Griggs, the answer is yes, yes, they should. They, they have to. There are also teams that are crossed off. So if the committee is sitting there saying, you know what, um, 
Villanova got a lot better, got healthy at the end of the season. Maybe we should consider giving them an at-large bid. Well, they can't. They're they're crossed out. <laughs> and uh, it, you, anyone anyone who does that should be removed from the committee. Uh, Rocco and I were debating Rutgers <laughs> earlier. So what if the committee comes here and says says, well, maybe the board will tell us what to do about Rutgers. Yeah, then they can talk. They can at least talk about them. Yeah, uh, because they're green, though they were. Uh, that is a team, though that Griggs. They have to decide how to do. Yeah, we, yeah, we do can't all do the all the work for. Yeah, we can't do it all for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, anyway. we may we may move uh, sometime either probably sometime tomorrow. We're going to move probably a few of these teams that are in green. We may move them into the blue as well. We may give them a little bit of help assistance sometime tomorrow. We'll we'll, we'll yeah, get that day so. later. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything we have for the night, though, Griggs. Are we, am I correct? No, 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 no. I'm getting out of I got the answer right. The last three nights, I've gotten the answers right, and you haven't let me out. Well, Rocco, you haven't been here for with this here, but we are giving Griggs a chance to get out of the puppet bunker that, as you can see, he is tightly locked into um, with many, many bolts here. Uh, How come Rocco's bunker isn't that? locked in my <laughs> all he All that, Griggs, you have to do is correctly guess two blind resumes. Tell me who these two teams are, who's the left team, who's the right team. If you guess these two teams correctly, you get out. Griggs, here's your two teams for the night. Well, the one on the left, that, that is a lot of quad one. I, I'm thinking Big 12. I, I'm thinking Kansas. The one on the right is – wait a minute. I don't – Chad, I, I, I don't try – like, I've gotten it right the last three nights – and you haven't let me out. I don't even trust you. I don't think the one on the right is real. But the one on the left is Kansas. So who's the one on the right? Are you going with no guess at all? Uh, I've Houston? Kansas and Houston. And the answer is... Oh, you can't have the same team up there twice. <laughs> He's giving you these layups, crazy. You get, yes, you can, Pup. But the one on the left is coached by Bill Self, and the one on the right has an interim coached by the name of Norm Roberts. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go to final thoughts, Salika. On a night where ESPN is showing the 30 for 30 requiem for the Big East, the real Big East Conference Tournament is going to have uh, five straight sellout sessions. First, they started off last night on Wednesday where they had the triple header that was headlined by Villanova Georgetown the nightcap earlier this afternoon uh, UConn was in the, the highlighting the afternoon session where they held off a major Providence comeback and in the nighttime session you had uh, Xavier and Villanova fans dibbying up most of the tickets and once we get to tomorrow night it's going to be stores south for at least uh, one more round and then the championship we know that's not going to be a seat to be had in the house so a good showing for the conference. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Rocco. Yeah, Chad. So ch tracking the uh, potential bid thieves, we, we lost uh, 21 hopefuls today. All went down. Um, but now we have six teams that are just two wins away. It's uh, Oregon, San Jose State, and Clemson. And again, this is just based on who I think really has to win their conference tournament. And I know there's some debate about Clemson. I just don't think they can get there with that really poor I talked to Bill Walton about Oregon. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Conference USA is really the one to pay attention to. North Texas UAB winner will have a chance for that bid steal, even if they play Florida Atlantic. And, of course, Middle Tennessee is still alive. And they're a team that beat Florida Atlantic last time they played. So they'll be a little bit confident. We have seven more that are three uh, wins away. That's Wichita State, Ohio State, UCF, Vandy, Cincy, Temple, and Tulane. So, We'll see if any of these guys can get to the promised land. 
usually we get about two to three. I don't know. Uh, this year it looks a little tough. Yeah, I, I really don't know either. Um, You know, I, I've been kind of keeping an eye on this as well. And that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of circling San Jose stay in the Mountain West. I, I, I think that might be the one that, that it ends up happening. Uh, That'd be incredible. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I might I might fly on the plane with them wherever they go if they get in. Uh, Greg, you want to finish the show off? Um, yeah, we're kind of getting a lot of the big games. There's two kinds of games that we're going to see tomorrow and the rest of the way. One is the showcase games like the Big 12 and probably the Big East, at least to a point to where everybody that's still playing is in the tournament. Uh, the Mountain West, San Jose State uh, is still playing for their lives. Um, the Atlanta, but the ones that I'm still the most excited about are the MAC, the A10. The ones where teams need to keep winning in order to stay alive. Uh, that's just kind of my preference. The Big East is going to be awesome. I'm not saying it's not going to be, but like the Mac is going to be a little more desperate and, per, and at least for my taste, a little more fun. I think it will be. I think it'll be a great day here on Friday and, and Saturday as well. But on that, on that note, on behalf of David Griggs, Rocco Miller, check him out at Brocketeer.org, John Sleeka. I'm Chad Sherwood. Thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you again uh, tomorrow night.